Hello and welcome to Dance Talks. I'm your host, Andrea Cody. Today is October 22nd, 2020, and my guest is Janelle Caminos. Janelle is a full-time healthcare professional for Harris County and a part-time dancer and dance instructor. Janelle, thank you for being a part of Dance Talks. Thank you for having me today. Yeah, so I'm really excited to hear more about you and what you do. Um, I know you as a dance teacher, uh, but how did you get started dancing? I've been dancing my whole life since I was probably five years old, maybe yeah. even younger. Where um, are you from? I'm from Houston, but my mom's from Puerto Rico, and I was raised in that culture. So my mom always says that I could shimmy before I could walk because <laughs> I was just used to dancing and listening to music. And people ask me all the time, how did you learn to dance? I'm like, at home, in my living room. Uh, I grew up mostly with salsa. That's like my favorite. And that's what I still do to this day. That's, I will say, my number one passion and dance of choice, even though I love all other dances, but that's like my number one. That's my true love. Yeah, like with a partner, traditional salsa? Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, dancing with a partner. Partner doesn't have to be a male. I mean, uh-huh. you can dance with your mom, your sisters, your cousins, your dad. And then, of course, yeah, the social dancing, partner dancing. I've uh-huh. done the competitions, the performances, all that. But, yes, I learned. So I, I call that social dancing. Okay. It's not like the ballroom proper technique or what you see on Dancing with the Stars. I mean, it is dancing, but that's not like my style. I'm more of the street cultural side. Okay, cool. So you just like to go out and do it? Yes. I mean, I'll do both. I'll do both. I'll do the technical side and I'll do like the fun side. Yeah. It doesn't have to be professional all the time. Yeah? Yeah. Did you take classes? Um, For some genres, yes. Um, or I've trained or competed. So it just depends. With salsa, I never really took classes, but I was on teams before. I've started actually my own Latin dance company in college at Texas State, Rimo Latino. So I would teach people how to dance salsa. I can teach basics, um, but I never actually like professionally trained in salsa, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, Do you lead? I can. And yeah. honestly, I think after this pandemic, I'm going to have to take classes in everything because I don't know if I know how to lead anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to have to brush up my skills. But yes, yeah, the basics, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a part of teaching. Yes. Seems you have to learn both parts, you know. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Cool. What are your favorite places to go out in Houston? In Houston. So it depends on what kind of event. So I love... Like I said, salsa, but I don't just do salsa. I, I will do I dance kisomba. I like Caribbean dancing, like soca, dance hall. So it depends on what's going on on the weekend. Okay. If it's like a Latin party, is it an African party, um, Caribbean party? I'm gonna be there. So there's different dance styles. But usually when I go to like dancing for socials and dance socials is what we call them. I don't really like clubs. So I go to dance socials, which is where we rent out a dance studio and we just dance all night. And we have awesome. DJs, and if you go to a Latin social, there'll be a, like a bachata room, a salsa room, there might be a kisomba room, so different genres within the studio so you can dance. So you don't have to worry about the club life, right? a, a lot of drunks or inappropriate right. things going on. It's just everyone's here strictly to dance, mm-hmm. and it's like a safe environment. And so, so where are those? Um, usually at the studios, unfortunately. Were they? I like to go to Sarica Dance, uh-huh. or I think now they call it the Palladium. Okay. Um, Salsa Eddie has his at the Houston Dance Factory. Yeah. Um, there is a Maya Studio. 
So they have events, and there's, I mean, I know there's dance studios all over, and I'm sure they all have their own little private parties, so it's really important to be connected on Facebook, I would say, is where I find out of a lot of the socials going on for the weekend, so if I was like, I want to dance this weekend, let me look on Facebook and see what socials are going on this weekend, and I'll try to make them. Cool. Yeah. Do you know much about the history of each dance? Yes, actually, I think that's like the most important part. Actually, that's... A lot of, of my friends say that I'm a purist. Like, I like to know the culture, the background of the different dances. Because to me, that's, like, the most important. I'm not really into fusions. If you know me, I do not like fusion dances. I mean, I appreciate it. Especially if it's a performance, I'll appreciate it. But that's, like, not my thing. Like, for example, I, I dance Kisomba. I used to teach Kisomba. I've performed. And that is a dance from Angola, Africa. And the only reason why I know about that dance is because in high school, one of my best friends, she's from Angola. And so she introduced me to her culture and I would go to their parties at home. And I just loved their culture. Very similar to how I grew up, but they speak Portuguese. They they even dance samba like in Brazil. So that's how I learned kisomba and samba going to Angolan parties. So I, I really, really appreciate wow. the culture. And even with that, I didn't really, I didn't take classes for Kisomba either. Um, now that's like a hot thing. People take classes um, mm-hmm. to learn Kisomba. And people ask me all the time, where did I learn? How did, where did I, what studio or who, who taught me? And it's like, oh no, I grew up, I went to parties. To me, that's the best yeah. way. When, <laughs> learning from the, pe- the actual people, like where did this dance come from? Right. That's very, very important to me. Yeah. Yes. And so, how did you get into Jamaican dance hall? So, I've always loved, like, reggae and dance hall. So, even in Puerto Rico, they have reggaeton, which is pretty much a Spanish reggae. Very, very similar. So, it's, like, a little bit more hip-hop-ish, but you wind and move your waistline. And it's, like, a, it's been very similar. And... Growing up, too, I used to love watching dance videos, mm-hmm. so I would learn all different dance styles, and I used to just love that genre, and I, I really like the dancing of it. So I would just learn and I, by watching. I'm a visual learner. I'll watch a video, and I'll practice the moves. And then um, I, was, I was actually a Brookline instructor, which is also a Caribbean or dance hall-inspired um, fitness and dance class. So... They were dancers for Sean uh, Paul, and they they would teach and train other dancers in dance hall. Not too much soca, but um, I, I was training and learning how to teach their styles too for the last couple of years. So um, I would say there's not a lot of those type of classes down here. I would say more on the East Coast, like New York. And so I would say maybe the last two, three years, there's actually been like Caribbean dance hall classes here in Houston. And I was one of the first instructors with Brookline and I was trained and learned how to teach and their styles so I can teach other people down here in Houston. Can you give us like the essence of each of those? Like what makes them distinct from one another? Yes, I get that question all the time because people... People are like, wow, you dance so many different styles. Like, how do you know the difference? I would definitely say educate yourself. Because some people, for example, like, I'll use Kisomba as an example. People love it because they think it kind of looks like tango, bachata. Like, they all have some kind of similarity, but they're different. So that's why I always tell people, like, um, to listen to the music first. To me, it's like, you have to enjoy the music. So what kind of music is it? Um, So, like, with Kisomba music, for example, it'll be either Kisomba, Ghetto Zook, Samba, 
Sam, sorry, not Samba, Samba, um, just learning like their music and just understanding it. And to me, that's always the first one. Because if you don't understand the music, like the beats, the counts, the drops, like what to, what to listen to is like, you can't dance to it. It's like a relationship. That's why I always say with dancing. Yeah. As long as you understand the music, you don't understand the lyrics. I can dance so many uh-huh. songs. I don't know what they're saying. <laughs> so it's just understanding the music and the rhythm and how they dance to it and just catching on to it. So that's what I would say. Just always learn the history and the music. And um, you'll know you'll know the difference. For example, for salsa, there's different temples you can dance on salsa. There's they call salsa on one, salsa on two. Mm-hmm. So a lot of professional dancers would say, ask you first, like, what do you dance on? Like mm-hmm. salsa one, salsa two, because it's how you listen to the music. Okay. So do do you hear this beat or do you hear that beat? And it's like a it's just like a language, an unspoken language. Like okay, I listen to salsa on two, so I'm gonna dance on the <laughs> on the two beat. Yeah. So because if you're dancing to the, you can be listening to a song and dancing to something else. Uh-huh. It's like a, like I, said, I love it. It's just like a language, mm-hmm. unspoken Layers. language. Yes. Yeah. But I think the foundation is the music. Mm-hmm. Do you understand the music? Do you understand how to dance to the music? Do you know how to listen to the music? What are you hearing? Mm-hmm. And it's so crazy that sometimes I struggle with musicality depending on the genres. Um, like, for example, lately I've been training a lot in heels class. So a lot of it is very sensual, like R&B music. There's like hits and tones you need to listen to. And it's very different for me because it's just different from the instruments that I'm used to listening to and the other music. So I know on a clave beat, I know what to expect coming up. It's just different. Like... I think that's like the hardest challenge, I would say, just listening to music and finding that rhythm and that beat and what you hear and dancing to it. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. It, yeah. can pop- it can get complicated. And that's why they have musicality classes. I'm not sure if people know that there is musicality classes where they will break down the song, music, whatever genre, genre you're listening right. to, yeah. just to break it down. Like, do you hear this beat? Do you hear this? You know how to count this? Yeah. Because it's very... I think that's just very important to know the music you're dancing to. Right. I love those classes. Yeah. Sometimes I learn the names of the instruments, you know, because yes. it's like I didn't even go that deep. And so yes. all of a sudden it's like, oh, that's where, that's what that is. Yeah. You know, that sound. And you yeah. enjoy the dance a lot more because you uh-huh. like understand where that's coming from. Right. And what about Soka? Ooh, so Soka to me is just always a good time. It's very festive, reminds me of carnival. It's not a technical dance. It's just more of a feeling, um, fast, slow, moving your waistline, which can be hard or intimidating to some people. It's like, oh, I don't know how to move like that. It's just very freeing. Mm-hmm. And you can dance by yourself. You can dance with a partner. Um, Where's it from? So Soka is just Caribbean music. Um, they have like Calypso, mostly from Trinidad. Trinidad is probably the most popular when it comes to Soka music. Barbados, St. Lucia, so a lot of the Caribbean islands, but I would say Trinidad is the motherland when it comes to soca music. Mm-hmm. And of course, reggae dance hall will be Jamaica. Mm-hmm. So that's, again, also important knowing where it comes from. So you have more appreciation. Yeah. I, yeah. I went to Trinidad actually earlier this year, February, right before nice. Corona, literally a week no, I landed in the U.S. and it was like, oh, the world's done. Like, we're shut down. And I was confused. I was like, I just came back from Trinidad and I appreciate it so much because I know Soka came from Trinidad and being part of their culture is like, I just really appreciate it yeah. that because I didn't grow up in that culture. I wasn't around 
that to learn. So I really had to like study it. Yeah. And made me just enjoy it so much more. Have you traveled a lot to dance? Yes, I did yeah. it. I've done it for years. This is like the first time in years that I have not traveled for dance. Almost every month or every other month, I'm going to some dance festival in another city wow. <laughs> for for the weekend. There's dance festivals all over the right. U.S., outside the U.S., internationally, and people really do travel for dance to dance in different places, meet different people, and also use it as an excuse to have a vacation. Like you don't just have to dance; like you can go visit whatever the tourist attractions are or right. make it a vacation. And that's what I'll say I miss the most about my dance life. Because I used to travel at so many festivals I was looking forward to this year attending, like in Canada. Um, Have you been to the same ones year after year? Or some, are you always trying to... Sometimes. What are some of your favorites? Sometimes. So um, my favorite for Kisomba would be what they call... The festival's called Sawa Sawa. It's in Washington, D.C., always 4th of July weekend. I go to that every single year. It's just like the quality of dancers that go there, the training instructors the it's just a fun city i love the museums in D, in washington dc and the, even the food so it's just like a fun trip in general for dance training and just to visit another city and i plan for that every year cool so i have like my few that i go to every year and then which ones i know i want to try it just depends on if it's in the u.s or outside the u.s um like my favorite, my favorite in Houston is the Houston Salsa Congress. Uh-huh. I go every single year. Nice. I love that festival. Who does that? It's the Houston Dance uh, Society, I believe. HSD Houston Houston Salsa Dancers. It's a uh-huh. nonprofit. Great. Yes. So they have the festival every single year. That's probably one of the biggest salsa festivals I would say, even in the U.S. People from all over the world come to Houston to dance salsa but it's not just salsa like they have other classes uh latin african and they have concerts like artists come in and do live concerts and you can dance live to their music um there's workshops so you can take dance classes all day every day right Uh, it's like a work conference but for dance Mm -hmm. and we do it all weekend it's just really really fun they also have musicality classes there too they have different levels beginner intermediate advanced they do challenges so if if you want to perform you're not on a team or you just want to challenge yourself and learn a new dance style you can spend that weekend learning a routine and then you perform at night there's shows cool it's just really really fun it's really fun i love it I definitely love it. You do not have to be a professional. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be performing to attend these kind of events. You can yeah. just attend and dance for fun mm-hmm. and learn different styles. Cool. Yes. Have you been uh, traveling internationally much for a dance? Not this year. Okay. No. You but mentioned usually, Canada and Trinidad. Yes. Uh-huh. So I made it to Trinidad this year, but I did yeah. not make it to Canada okay. um, or Jamaica, actually. But... Um, I would say last year my favorite international trip was to Portugal, and I, I went to Spain too. But Portugal was definitely my favorite when it came to dancing. Um, I love the culture as well, uh, the food, the country yeah. was beautiful. Oh, I just loved it. I loved it, and actually, I didn't even know there was a festival. I didn't go for the for the festival. I just it so happened there's a festival, and I was like, oh, well, I'm <laughs> I'm going. It just follows and, you yeah. around. And it was crazy because I knew, like, a couple people from the U.S. that were there. Wow. Yeah, even one from Small Houston. World. I was like, dance world is tiny, tiny. Right. It does not matter where you live. You can live in the U.S., overseas. It's like you will meet someone somewhere at a dance festival. Right. Yeah. 
I was like laughing because I was like, I didn't even tell anybody. I, was, I didn't even know it was coming. And I'm like, how do I already know some people here? I'm Portugal. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, that is just, that's one of the beauties I love about dance. You just meet so many different people from different backgrounds, different cultures, speak different languages. And it's like we all sh- share that common passion and love for dance. So we all invest in it, travel, and, mm-hmm. and it just takes you a lot of places. Mm-hmm. I love it. So do you have to budget a lot, like, just for dance? Because it sounds of course. pretty expensive. It's, yeah. I'm not going to lie. It's an expensive lifestyle. So I do tell people, if you're really going to make this part of your lifestyle, of mm-hmm. course you need a budget for it. I'm not about going broke for dance. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I was like, you, you want to plan, like, which events I want to go to this year, especially if you have to travel for it. Um, definitely plan like just know okay these are the three festivals I'm gonna go to this year and of course the local ones it's not that big of a deal mm-hmm. um, we're fortunate to live in Houston I feel like we have all dance genres here so really any day of the week before Rona you really could find somewhere to dance so it just really depends on what you're looking for so that's one thing I am grateful about Houston because yeah. some other people like if they live a another state that they don't really have a dancing they they have to travel they have to go right. somewhere else so they definitely have to budget so I think it really depends on where you live what you're looking for and I'm, I'm not going to encourage people to go broke for dance <laughs> in general because I know dance the dance lifestyle is expensive I mean, even being on dance team I remember in high school it being expensive like especially if you're performing costume shoes training Right. All that is it's an expensive lifestyle. Right. But, yeah, definitely managing it, budgeting for it. And I personally uh, like my travel card. Mm-hmm. So I, I have all my points on there. That's one thing I will say about a lot of travelers. We either have travel cards, buddy passes, or uh, we just have points to travel because we travel so much. So eventually it pays itself off. Mm-hmm. So a lot of us do do the travel cards. It mm-hmm. works in your favor. Okay. Yes. Cool. For, that's a little side tip. Like bonus points for traveling? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Is it when you earn them or spend them? It's it's both. Okay. It, I guess it just depends what card you get. Um, sometimes when you, first, when you first sign up with a card, if you spend, let's say, if you spend $3,000 in three months on that card, they'll give you 50,000 points. Oh, wow. Yes. So, so, so what do you have? What do you I have? use the Chase Sapphire uh-huh. Reserve card, which is, that is probably one of the top, top cards. But if you want something to start off, I would say the Chase Preferred. And there's also other travel cards. Like, I have a United card, a Southwest card. Whatever works for you, whatever airline you like to fly the most. I mean, of course, you can build your credit gain points on travel and a, or you know pay pay a bill with that card and it adds right. up and then you can save up for that one trip mm-hmm. I mean however you want to do it mm-hmm. um yeah there's there's ways to it there's definitely ways around it and then a lot of, of the festivals they usually rent out hotel rooms where they give you uh discount rates right just through the festival and a lot of us you'll get four roommates and you split it and you're not spending much on the hotel sometimes Sometimes it's cheaper than getting an Airbnb. Like, they, yeah. they look out for you. Right. So, that's what a lot of organizers do. Make sure we have deals when it comes to hotels. What do you do for food? Because, like, hotel food. Oh. Uh, see, and that's one thing I do love about traveling. Uh-huh. I do not eat hotel food. That's okay. way too expensive. Right. Um, so, one thing I love about traveling, 
I like to know what, what are the best local restaurants to eat at. So I usually do my research beforehand or right. I ask someone yeah. that's been there or I might even go on Facebook, hey, I'm going to this city this weekend, where should we eat? Or even on the event pages, people may ask or, hey, let's go grab lunch somewhere. Who wants to go? A group of us dancers are going to go try this restaurant. So it's there's ways around. It's fun. Like I said, you don't just go for dance. You You get to explore whatever city you're visiting and yeah you just budget for that too and a lot of those travel cards as well give you points back for eating out mm-hmm. so that's another bonus okay yes gotta figure it out yes cool. i have it working for me you just gotta know how to use your cards right that's all right but yeah you you don't have to pay for travel and honestly with this pandemic i think i've canceled like eight flights so now i have so much credit Whoa. so I don't think I'll be paying for any flights for at least a year right. now I mean I'm not complaining but right. I would love to go back to a dance festival I know I miss it I miss social dancing so bad what have you been doing <sighs> I've been working more on my fitness like actual mm-hmm. like weights cardio mm-hmm. surprisingly I've lost 15 pounds during this pandemic oh my gosh yes I mean I guess dancing doesn't do much for me when it comes to like burning calories and or at least it obviously because my body's just used to it so like now with weights and bands and actually going outside walking running now I'm seeing a huge difference so I'm focusing on that aspect at first I was doing virtual classes but that's just not for me I'm definitely over anything virtual at this point (laughs) but um have you been have you taught virtually once well twice Uh uh-huh yeah twice i mean it was okay but it's just weird i feel like i'm just talking to myself i I just love the in-person right it's just so different you feel people's energy it's Mm -hmm. just a different experience but i do i am proud of the people who've always wanted to take dance classes and they haven't and they've been taking advantage of this time to do it virtually to just in the comfort of their own homes i think that's really really great yeah it's really great me i like to be out i like the social aspect Uh of it but I feel like those people I I think the dance scene is going to grow now after this especially those who been taking classes from home because they were either intimidated to go to in-person classes and I think now we'll see a lot more people in in class once studios open yeah and having just the time Mm -hmm. to give to yourself you know Mm -hmm. as a part of just enjoying life and like finding fun in everyday things it's like oh yeah just dance and then it's like well and Without the mirror and everybody mm-hmm. else intimidating you, yes. just kind of connect with yourself and yes. you know, just tap into that. Yes. So I'm excited for the future of dance. I, I think like it's going to be great. Uh-huh. Especially since we've been isolated for so long and we're all right. desperate to dance and partner dance and social dance and go to festivals and perform again. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that because I miss it so much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so are you dancing at home? I do, but still not the same. Yeah. But I've been taking dance classes at the studios, but it's very limited with wearing masks the whole time. Man, wearing a mask while you dance, it is hard. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's definitely hard. But, of Mm -hmm. course, safety first, health first. So Um, I've been really um, focusing on the heels class, the lettos, that kind of class, because... I usually do partner dancing, like social dancing or like Caribbean, Latin, like cultural dances. And so I haven't been doing like that training uh-huh. part. Do you wear heels when you do Latin dance? 
Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Great. You have some new moves. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. It's like a different kind. It's just different. Mm-hmm. Different movements, different timing, different musicality. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely been a challenge. Like, I feel like a beginner. Wow. <laughs> so it's just, I don't know. I think that's a good part about dance. It's like, you're always learning. Like, mm-hmm. you're never, I'm never satisfied. I don't, I, I know I'm, no, I'm not, like, the best or I need to like train more and more and more and more. It's a really complicated instrument. Yes. You know? It's yes. a lot. It's a full yes. body, you know, immersion. Like yes. it's everything. Um, thinking about, you know, just a musician trying to master something as simple as a musical instrument, mm-hmm. you know, compared to you trying to master, you know, everything yes. <laughs> about that you could possibly move. Yes. Yeah. So it's a challenge, but it's fun. It's definitely fun. Sometimes I get frustrated myself. It's like, okay, I hear it, but my body's not moving to that part. So it's just like learning to be patient with yourself, uh-huh. especially if you're like learning different styles. It can be a challenge. I would just say keep practicing. Just keep on practicing until you get it. Some people get it really fast. Some people just take some, some time. And we all learn in different levels, just like in school. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just different levels. That's all. Yeah. When so you mentioned that you just kind of grew up dancing. Did you when did you like start training? Well, I trained in ballet and jazz for years. I would say starting at five to about sixteen or seventeen. I was always um, I was more of a jazz, especially in high school. I love mm-hmm. jazz. I did lyrical and modern a little bit in college, but I, I think once I got back in college, I really wanted to. Experience and expand more than just jazz and mm-hmm. ballet because I felt like it was a little bit more restricting. That's when I started my Latin dance company because okay, cool. I really wanted to get back into like my culture and to me it's just a lot more fun. Yeah. <laughs> not, not as many rules. When did you get into samba? I got into samba when I actually graduated from college. There was a dance company here, LD Dance, that I used to follow and I actually met the owner at a Brazilian party and I like fell in love with her and I was like oh yeah she dances she teaches so I started taking her classes so actually when I was in college whenever I would be back home in the summer I would just take classes and train in the Mm -hmm. summer then I'll go back to school so when I actually one of my goals was okay once I finish college I want to join that dance company LD dance company which I did Mm -hmm. I mean you have to audition I trained I was a newbie and I was definitely one of the most challenging ones because a lot of cardio mm-hmm. and again this is this wasn't my culture this dance is from brazil it's very intense very athletic dancing right. in heels very fast but it's yeah. just so fun it's uh-huh. a lot of fun energy carnival and i really just appreciated the culture of it and i did that for about three years cool. and it, it was to the point where i was competing i've competed for a samba dance comp um competition mm-hmm. um performed a lot for festivals weddings corporate events um almost every weekend I had like shows and I would yeah. perform samba and I loved it I loved it a lot and people would be shocked because they would think I'm Brazilian I figured you were <laughs> yeah people yeah. think I was Brazilian all the time I was like I'll take it I mean to me that's a compliment yeah I was like I love the culture uh-huh. I appreciate the culture and I hope I represent it well yeah but um I definitely I enjoyed it yes it's so fun I love it yeah. and even with that there's different levels to it I mean you know kids version mm-hmm. the carnival version which can be sometimes explicit for some people but that's like the cultural carnival mm-hmm. um 
And then there's different styles, ashe. There's like even the formal. So there's even with that, even within the whole Brazilian culture, they have different styles of dance within. Right. Yes. So I loved it. I just love learning different cultures. And just because I love it doesn't mean I know how to dance it. Right. <laughs> so some some I just watch like hip hop. I can't dance hip hop to save my life, but I love watching it. Uh-huh. I love it. I don't know. I just like to stick to what I know I'm good at, but I could still challenge myself. But if I know I just cannot do it like hip hop, I'm like, I'm just gonna leave it alone. I, I'll admire it and yeah. I love the dancers that can do it and I will watch you and support you, but I can't. I don't think yeah. like I can pop lock and do all that. <laughs> I You're wish. I You're wish. Good company. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's one thing I'll say. Fortunately, you can't be good at everything right. with dancing. There's just so many. Same thing with school. We're not good at every single subject. Yeah. Same thing. The rough wine looks really, really fun. It is fun. Yeah. Big groups of girls. Yes. Just like having an yeah. amazing time together. Mm-hmm. Um, so are you like, how do you get into that? Do you get certified to do it? Do you have to like, so to those people or yeah. So the the owners there's two mm-hmm. owners they're based out of new york one of the owners moved to houston and mm-hmm. that's what i was mentioning um she trained me to become one of the instructors like the first instructor here in texas to help teach classes and like their style and all that so uh i did not have to get certified but i know they do have a certification program it has not launched yet i think because of covid yeah. but i know that's definitely in the works so okay, cool. so so more people can be certified and teach mm-hmm. at their in their cities right um and where should they check that out on the website yeah. brookwine.com mm-hmm. yes i'll put a link to it okay mm-hmm. yes so i know they still have classes online i haven't been teaching online honestly dance has not been my focus like teaching online just not has not been my focus during this pandemic i've been focusing on like other personal goals outside of dance too because honestly dance can take a lot of your time and I've just really taken advantage of this time to focus on those other things. Right. And, you know, maybe God wanted me to focus on other things. Still dance and still, I still love it. I miss it a lot, but I can wait on the, for the in-person. I don't like the virtual. Yeah. That makes sense. Yes. You know, just round out those other, pick up those things that, mm-hmm. you know, you've been thinking about doing. Yes. So you published your first book. Yes, I did. It. So I have my book here. It's called yeah. Curly Gal Affirmations. So people ask me what cool. this gal means. It just means girl. I did. It really means curly girl affirmations. I did the gal just to have the more of the cultural influence. Like she's Caribbean. Like I want it. I wanted it to be like that. Uh-huh. So actually, I wrote this book almost two years ago. I just did nothing with it. Wow. See? And that's what the pandemic was like. Okay, you just have this sitting here. Yeah. What are you going to do about it? And I just would write affirmations to myself. I love affirmations. I write them on my mirror at home or just on my counter to myself. And it's just one of the practices I do for self-love. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people may be shocked, but like my hair has been was a big insecurity as a child. Like just growing up, it was like always a huge insecurity when I was young it wasn't very popular curly hair wasn't really popular and I've been I was teased and made fun of as a kid so I used to straighten my hair all the time every day I'll straighten my hair every morning I'll wake up early straighten my hair in high school people don't even know I had curly hair until like maybe the last month of my senior year in high school because I just I just stopped caring I was like I am so tired of straightening my hair every single day 
and, and I had to do it every day because I had practice, dance practice every day, so I'd sweat it out. So I had to straighten yeah. my hair. I used to do relaxers, put chemicals in my hair because I just wanted straight hair so bad. And I don't know what it was about my senior year of high school. I was like, I don't care anymore. I may not see any of these people again. I'm going to college. I'm going to be my own person. And I just like went through this phase where I was like, I'm tired of trying to look a different kind of way. Mm-hmm. And then... I, as an adult, I battled with it too, being in corporate America and then interviewing for jobs, how, you know, your hair is not professional. Um, so it's just like always been like a battle, even in dance, like you need to have your hair straight in a slick bun or a slick ponytail or there's like certain hairstyles I couldn't do. So it's always been a battle for me, like a struggle, like, okay, I know I look different. I wish I didn't. And it's like something I've always struggled with. And even to this day, sometimes I do. It's like, man, I wish my hair looked like that. I have to catch myself. Mm. So that's why I wrote affirmations down. And I know there's other girls that have similar issues. So I wrote this book down and I made sure that everybody was represented, all skin tones, all hair textures. And I wrote 30 affirmations. So one affirmation for every day of the month to like repeat your, to, to yourself and self-love love yourself love your hair love who god made you and just to remind yourself that i mean we don't have to go by the world standards of beauty and it's just something i just really battled for very years like i'll say most of my life most of my life yeah but it's like it's crazy now how it's like a trend too like now curly hair is in and there's wigs and all kinds of things to have curly hair and I'm just like wow I wish this was cool when I was younger so but I'm glad I'm glad like everything's evolving right yes but those like deep issues sometimes or depending where you are it can come up again yeah yes because I'm still when I even when I will go to interviews it's like I have to put my hair up in a bun Mm -hmm. real tight so it is not distracting or unprofessional or Mm-hmm. But to this day, people ask me all the time, is your hair real? Can I touch it? <laughs> to this day. So it's like, it is what it is. Yeah. So that's another market for me. Dancing, curly hair, traveling. Mm-hmm. I feel like all that represents me. Yeah. So um, I'm just really happy that I had this opportunity to focus on this. Congratulations. Thank you. And I have other projects that I still want to do. Um, how can people get your book oh my book is available on Amazon actually really okay so you can just type in curly gal affirmations and gal is g-y-a-l and I'm the only one and honestly before I even published on Amazon one of the first things I did I google and I search are there any hair affirmation books any kind of affirmations Mm. nothing Mm -hmm. nothing so I was like okay there's the insecurity yes yeah I'm more yeah. like wavy hair, don't care. Kind yeah. Of like I have this like wave thing and mm-hmm. I feel like, I mean, it's not, for me, it's more like, um, just growing up, like still with the straightening. Yes. You know, it was still like, it's not supposed to be wavy. wavy. It's one yeah. thing if it's like, you know, curly, like Kate Winslet and Titanic, mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. wavy, like yeah. only like parts of it, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I look forward to reading it. Thank you. Can you give us one? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, one affirmation. Will you give us one? Oh, give us an yeah, affirmation. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh-huh. we can even look in. Cool. 
I'm getting one. I'm, yeah. I'm definitely going So, in. let's see. Oh, it's really cute, too. It is. It's, it's like, which great one? great photos. Thank you. I love it. So, one, I would say. I was trying to find the one for me. Are you in there? I am. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to look for. <laughs> one of my pictures. Of course, I could put myself in there, but I, I didn't put it. myself as the cover. Even though my mom was like, you need to be on the cover. Cool. So, okay. This is one of my favorite ones for So, Affirmation 15. God took his time creating each curl. So, to me, it's like, okay, if God, God makes some mistakes... He knows what he's doing. He knows, what, like I guess say, every hair on you. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, so like, so like, like, if he took his time to do this, you're fine. Like, right. Don't question yourself. Right. Thank you for that. Yeah. That's really yeah. cool. So this is for all ages. This is not, this is just for more self-love. Mm-hmm. If you have hair ish, any kind of hair, curly hair, wavy, whatever texture, mm-hmm. if it's just not straight and it's made you feel a certain way, that straight is just pretty and the perfect and the only way. Mm-hmm. I want to change that norm. Yeah. Very cool. Yes. So when you, uh, so you work in HR with mm-hmm. Harris County. So mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit about that? That job that supports Ugh. your dance life yes. and what it's been like since yes. the beginning of the pandemic. Absolutely. So I'm blessed that I do have a corporate full-time job that supports my lifestyle and my passion. I mean, there is dancers that I know are having a hard time because their full-time job was dancing. That's why I always say have a backup, have something else. So dance was never my full-time it's definitely my part-time mm-hmm. uh, so my full-time job is in hr i work in healthcare. my background was oil and gas mm-hmm. but i've been in healthcare for the last two years um by the way they're very very supportive of my book very supportive um company so i'm very grateful for that um obviously with the pandemic being in healthcare, it's been busier than ever even though i'm working from home it is extremely busy uh, we're in HR, obviously, so we need nurses, we need medical staff, we need all of that. So I've been extremely busy, but it's also been rewarding because um, I think right now, like the the heroes are the ones in the medical field right, right now. So it's nice to work with, and just in that environment, it's stressful, yeah. But it's also rewarding because it's like we all are, we all make a difference. In, at least in that organization because we're all dealing with patient care. Mm-hmm. But one thing I know that was a little frustrating for some people, especially being in healthcare with this pandemic, is people just think, oh, there's only COVID, but there's still other health. There's still other, other, so many other health issues and priorities that we, some, I think even the news might have neglected, but it's like we still have the busyness of the normal healthcare mm-hmm. and on top of that, COVID. So it's just made things so much more busier. Mm-hmm. It has changed a lot. It has changed a lot, the way we work. It, yeah, it's been an adjustment for sure. Very, very stressful at times, but it's definitely worth it. So you're so, working from home? Yes. So if you're not a doctor or nurse, you don't like go in? Yes, for the most part, if you're not doing direct patient care, right. you don't need to be at work. And you... You did work at like the headquarters before. Yeah, I was right? in the admin, but I right. didn't. I don't have direct patient. Right. So, and then there's some people who have like a hybrid where they'll come in once or twice a week, depending on their mm-hmm. schedule, um, if they need to be in the office. But me in HR, I don't have any direct patient contact, so 
there's really no need for me to be there mm-hmm. in person. Mm-hmm. So I got fortunate. And then, of course, people who were working directly with patients, they, a lot of nurses, a lot of people were getting way higher pay just for hazard pay. Hazard pay. Yep. Um, because of what was going on. Mm-hmm. But the good news is it's very, very low now. It's not like we have our ICUs full because there was a there was a time where it's like okay everybody we don't want you to panic but we don't have room (laughs) we don't have room for people so we're not there anymore yeah thank god it's been a while yeah since July yeah Mm -hmm. because I know we were nervous about Labor Day weekend we thought Mm -hmm. it was gonna just spike up when school started yet unfortunately yes Mm -hmm. yes it has, but it's not where it's out of control. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the good thing is a lot of the young people recover pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So Bars haven't opened yet. Some have. Some have. Well, Some have. They're like but, yeah, bars. bars. Yes. <laughs> Bar slash, you oh, know, restaurants. Quote unquote, yeah. Right. Yes. So it's just been. There were like bars getting like taco trucks in their mm-hmm. parking lots to pass a rest hold, rest, rest drawn threshold yes people are trying to do the loopholes but right it's been a hard time i think for certain careers for sure Mm -hmm. entertainment business dance yes so i think the ones who have like the harder adjustments right now like the teachers and healthcare workers oof right yeah they're really there putting Mm. putting their lives on the line going Mm -hmm. out Mm mm-hmm Yes, so I just want us all to go back, get get back to dancing. It's like a stress reliever for so many of us. It's personally my escape from life and work and just also an excuse to travel. It's like I don't have that anymore and it's such a big aspect of my life. Like I literally cannot go a week without dancing. Yeah. So it's just been, it's been hard. So like what are you waiting for? I don't even know. It's like what are... Like, I want the world to open up. I want to travel again. When will you, when will you be like, I'm, I mean, you're not there yet. But like, is there, you know, is there a sign that you need to see that says like, okay, I'm going to go on a trip or I'm going to, I'm going to go to this party or, Mm -hmm. you know? Well, I, one, decided not to live in fear. I have traveled. I went to Mexico a few months ago Mm -hmm. and I'm actually going again next weekend for my birthday. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, happy birthday! Thank you. And to be honest, Mexico, I felt way safer in Mexico than I did here. Their precautions, they were a lot more strict. Really, very strict. Mm-hmm. And like then, what? Um, like you have to wear your mask uh-huh. e- everywhere, okay. outside. Uh-huh. Like it's mandatory. And every doorstep, anywhere that you step in, they check your temperature, give you hand sanitizer. And, like that's everywhere. In the cars, the airport. Okay. A lot of safety precautions. Mm-hmm. And I went to Tulum, so mostly every, pretty much everything was outside. Mm-hmm. So, and then a lot of water activities. Mm-hmm. So, I will say I have definitely spent more time outside yeah. during this pandemic. So, that's been a, a good part. Yeah, a beach dance party. Yeah, mm-hmm. just outside. Mm-hmm. But it was pretty empty when I went. There was no parties. I didn't go to any okay. parties. There was no mm-hmm. none of that. It was actually pretty relaxing <laughs> mm-hmm. just to be on the beach, just the sound of the ocean. It's yeah. great. So uh, the reason why I decided to go back to Mexico is because, again, it's relaxing. And um, 
uh, what was to say? I was going to go to Jamaica or like Puerto Rico, like my other favorite islands yeah. that are open, but they're kind of restricted. But those are like my islands that I like to go out and have a good time and dance. And yeah. I feel like that would be like punishment if I go there oh. and I can't do those things. Right. Like, You'll just be like, yeah, I'll be sad. I was like, I right. want to go there and be sad. Right. Like, when I went to Puerto Rico, they're like, oh, the beaches are closed. I'm like, I'm not going. Mm-hmm. So that's why I like Mexico. Like, beaches are open. It's relaxing. I've actually never been to Mexico. It's been all, uh, even though I live right here, all the way across the border, I've yeah. never been. So just taking up, I will say, take opportunities to even travel just domestically, cities you've never been to that you always wanted to just for the weekend. I mean, I know a lot of people who've done solo travel, who've just taken new risks and just achieving their goals that they wanted to go. Like, I had a friend who was like, I've always wanted to go to Seattle. I'm going to go. She went for two days by herself. Uh-huh. Like, during this time. Um, but I know right now a lot of people are travel shaming, like even in travel groups that I'm in on like Facebook. I know even someone told me on my, on my posts that I was like the loser of the year or something because I traveled. Yeah. But it's just like, I mean, I'm not going to encourage people to travel and I'm also not going to discourage you to travel. It's whatever you're comfortable with. But I was losing my sanity. <laughs> um, I try to go somewhere. Like I said, I before every month I would go somewhere for yeah. like a weekend just to distress. Mm-hmm. But now I'm just I guess doing it every three months, so that would yeah. do for now. Okay. But just be safe. Be safe everywhere you go. Wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Keep your distance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've heard airplanes have like some of the most sophisticated air filters. Oh yeah, they you do. Know. It's cleaner air. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just whatever you're comfortable with. I just feel like at this point, we should not be telling people what they should and shouldn't do when it comes to, like, sending your kids to school. That's a personal decision. Going to dance class, that's your personal decision. Traveling. It's just like, just do what makes you comfortable. Yeah, it's like a lot of judgment. A lot of judgment going on. It's just like, just mind your business. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. My guest today is Janelle Caminos. Janelle, thank you very much thank for being you. a part of Dance Talks. Yeah, it was fun. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe and share our podcast and reach out to us on social media if you'd like to talk. To support Dance Talks, donate to Dance Houston. Talk to you on Monday.